Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Lolly, like Lollipop, very celebrity-like. She was born in Tennessee and raised in both America and India. She is a conscious entrepreneur who has over two decades of experience singing, speaking, caring for a sibling with autism, and personal nonprofit work. She's a blogger, speaker, proofreader, singer, mentor, and spiritual retreat host. You can read her blog at lollygene.com and follow her on Instagram at lollygenes, lollygenes. Okay, so... Again, she's going by one name, Lolly. Uh, her middle name is Jean. That's where we get that from. Uh, you can find her at lollygene.com. Lolly, welcome to Broken Catholic. Uh, go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you so much for having me today, Joseph. I'm excited to be here. And um, I don't think there were any gaps. I mean, I'm a mom to two adorable children. Maybe that's a gap. That's a gap. Um, <laughs> my son is 11 and a half, wishes he was older. And my daughter is 13. And then I have a cat who's three and a half and a kitten who's five months. Mm. Well, and they have a dog. I'm not, you know, whatever. Got it. All right. So before we get into your story, your spiritual journey, what God's been up to in your life, um, go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. I used to be a corrections officer at a jail. Yeah. And I, we were at that time, I think only one of four facilities in the U S I, I may have that wrong, but that's what I remember years ago, 20 years ago, um, that did a dorm style. And so when you walk in there are 48 to 60 inmates and they used to, they used to just stare and talk amongst themselves loud enough that I could hear. And they'd say, I think she's Saddam Hussein's niece. I heard that. she's um, So don't mess with her. Um, and my last name was Yeshudas, but the way it looks, my maiden name, it's J-E-S-U-D-A-S. And so they would say, I think her name is Justice. So you don't want to mess with her. Um, and I had dreams to become an officer and go into private investigating, but I got in a car wreck and that there went that. So I never went to the police academy. Listen, when, if someone... If people think you're better than you are, sometimes that could be good. Yes. <laughs> Keeps trouble at bay. So, wow. I didn't know the correction officer thing. That's so you're kind of a badass. Okay. <laughs> just to be clear, I'll, yeah, I'll choose I, my language wisely. <laughs> I never uh, said anything. I just let them talk and think what they wanted. I just stayed silent. Yeah. If only we could do that on social media. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lolly, let's get into your story here. Take me back to a time when... Um, your first experience with God, like 
where you truly experienced a relationship with him. Tell us that story. Well, I was raised in a home by two very flawed people, but who were believers in grace and faith and forgiveness. And so I saw miracles from a very young age. My dad came to the States <clears throat> saying he was going to need 40 grand to buy property in India to start an English school. Um, he really wanted people to be educated and to know God's love. And so, you know, people were like, David, it doesn't work that way. You don't have any connections in the States. Um, you just, you know, you're talking out of ignorance. And he said, no, I know the God whom I serve. And he came here and fasted for 22 days and collected an offering with 40 grand in the seventies. And he went back and bought the land. And so I didn't just hear of a distant God. Um, I saw two very flawed people, but I also saw that God's work is done when we open up. It, you know, God is the ultimate gentleman. And so he never forces anything. And a sentence that I usually say is the beauty of love is choice. And the choice is mine to believe and to have no ceiling on my belief. And that has just really opened up my relationship with God. So I knew um, 12 scriptures at the age of three. And my dad used to just say the reference and I would just quote it. And so I grew up with a strong faith, like from as early as I can remember. Mm. PC Nation, is that how you see God as the ultimate gentleman? He doesn't force anything on his children. Yeah. What a great way to look at him. The ultimate gentleman. People ask, why is there evil in the world if there's a good God? Well, because he lets his children be reckless sometimes. The ultimate gentleman. We cause the evil in the world, not God. It's our turning away from him, right? So, all right. So you grow up that way. You got these uh, five Bible verses memorized. Um what happens next? What happens in your teen years? At 12, I'm not sure what happened, but I came home one night from a religious service and I just, in my room was like, God, you know what? I think you've always been God, but I haven't made you mine. Like I haven't said, I fully invite you into every area of my life. I haven't said that I choose you. The beauty of love is choice. And I want to choose you today. And so that night I just sat on my bed and cried and just said, I don't remember what led me to that, but I just said, God, here's every area. Like, I know you don't control. I know you give me free will and choice and I am choosing you today. And I am ready for whatever this journey I'm, I'm in. Got it. When did you see God come and actively participate in your personal life after that? Well, there are a lot of stories, but I immediately think of my sister. She has autism and severe developmental delays, and we are almost a year apart. She's, she's older than me. And I remember we've shared a room, you know, my whole life until, until I left home. Um, and so I remember begging God to make her typical. I was so tired of adults making fun of her. I was more understanding of kids who made fun of her. And I'd explain, I know this is different and weird. She makes noises and she doesn't understand personal space. But when adults did it, it hurt me so much because I think my expectations were higher for adults. And so I remember saying, God, why would you do this? Like, this is so unfair. And she cries anytime I cry. Like I'd sit in my bed and talk to her for hours. And if I was crying, I'd look over and she had tears rolling down her face. But when she got angry, she'd be screaming, crying. So this, she was just silent with tears rolling down her face and, and I could feel her love, but she could never talk to me. Um, she has her own language. It's just gibberish. And so 
at some point, I remember just being asked, how would you know to love all people if you didn't have Leela? How would you know to be as understanding as you are with anyone you see? I mean, I go running to strangers. I go, when we went to Chick-fil-A once recently, there was a woman with a boy that looked about 19 or 20. Um, and he was just saying, I want to go. I want to go. I want my food. I want my food. I want to go. And a little louder. And they're in the line at Chick-fil-A. And she was like, if you don't stop, we are leaving. And I walked over to her and I said, please do not have him adjust. We can adjust. We, the world who claim to be so understanding and so educated and so progressive, we can understand him. We can allow him space in our world. He's just fine. Please do not leave. He will get his Chick-fil-A today, won't he? And she just looked at me and tears came to her eyes and she goes, thank you so much for saying that we can adjust. And I said, why do we expect people who are not typical to be confined to behave in a way that we have confined others? That's not love. Hmm. And she just, she cried and just thanked me so much. I would not have known to do that, Joseph, if I didn't have Leela, if I didn't grow up with Leela. And God just showed me even the painful things I am using for a greater purpose that you can't see right now. And it's okay that it's shitty. It's okay that I don't like it. It's okay that I don't understand it. It's okay to say all those things because I did grow, grow up being told I couldn't say those things. And I came to a realization that, oh, humans have an issue with that, but not the divine. The divine never places any of that on me. I am fully known and fully loved and fully free to be me because when the divine looks at me, I'm a child and a child can behave how a child wants with its parent, with its loving parent. Wow. So God creates the space for us to just be wild little hellion children sometimes um, causing a ruckus in the Chick-fil-A line of our lives. <laughs> for sure. I really get that. And you know what I think is beautiful about that Chick-fil-A story is that we have no idea what that mom has gone through over the past five or 10 years with that kid, with that boy. Maybe he has ADHD or some other thing and doctors have prescribed drugs or whatever, right? And, and she's been doing her best not to put him on drugs, um, but to really just take the brunt of it. And, and there she is in public really saying that maybe not like if, if nobody else was there, she might not have been saying that, but because of the social norm around her and have to look good or avoid looking bad with your son in line to your point. Um, yeah. Sometimes uh, we put so much pressure on our children. Yeah. People were staring at her adults. I mean, yeah. I'm okay with kids staring, but so many adults turned and were staring at her with an unpleasant look on their faces. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to walk up to her and just say, you're fine. You're good. There you go. So you created space for her safe space. I love it. Great. All right. Bring us uh, forward in your story here. Um, and I get that you have so many stories along the way. Many of us do, right? Um, you're going through some stuff right now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> what is God allowing in your life right now? Well, uh, I met uh, a little punk boy at 13. We're the same age. And at 18, we became best friends. And at 27, he came to me saying, for the last two weeks, I've had dreams of you. I've been praying the prayer of Jabez. And when I do, I go to sleep and, and God is saying, you're the one for me. And I pulled out my journal and said, six months ago, I had a dream that we would be together. And he said, what the hell? You could have told me this six months ago. And I said, I'm okay with women. I'm okay with women approaching men and all of that. For me personally, the verse from Proverbs that says, a man that finds a wife finds a good thing and gets favor from God. 
really stood out to me personally that I should just wait. It was, it was a dream to let me stay confident in what God was telling me, but I didn't need to go make anything happen. And he started crying and four days later proposed and six months later we got married and no one from his family attended the wedding because um, if you've seen the movie, The Notebook, then I'm the guy <laughs> from the wrong side of the tracks in their eyes. And so they just did not support him. And he um, stood and said, well, this is the one I'm marrying. This is the one for me. And so we went through a really difficult time losing community, especially as an Easterner. We're both from India. Our parents are both from Kerala, from the South. Um, and they had a long list of reasons why I wasn't good enough, but I know who I am. I'm a daughter of the King. And uh, that's something I hope that every person out there hears. You are a child of the King, either in creation or in accepting him for yourself. And so you were created with intrinsic value and worth that no human can touch. The external can be taken. Anything external can be taken, houses, cars, land, money, but no one can touch love, joy, peace, hope, and faith that I have embraced since childhood. And no one can touch my relationship with the divine. So I was um, caught off guard when my father-in-law passed away in 2018, when my husband just completely cut me out of his life. He hasn't wanted me in any way, shape or form. And I thought this has been my best friend for 24 years, 22 years at that time, 24 years now. And I was just reeling and in shock and, and saying, God, like, what are you doing? Like, I, am I leaving this pool? Cause I just found my voice <laughs> and, if, and you say that I don't need to live with this shit. So am I leaving this pool or do you have some other plan? And God just kept saying, be still, be still. This is grief and it's going to be a nightmare, but you've made a commitment. And so just be still. Okay. I was still, and now you're going to do this. Um, in July, uh, I know every family has their story with COVID. I think it's been the same in every household worldwide, but I am grateful for COVID because it has brought all the yuck out and we cannot let yuck sit in us so long without it infecting us. So I'm grateful that this is coming to the surface, but it is painful. I am hurting so much. I'm crying so many times and I apologize to my kids and I say, I am not apologizing for the emotion. Embrace every emotion that comes your way. I'm apologizing because this is happening so often and I want to still have joy in the midst of this. And so I take them out to the park and do fun things. And, and then I just say, I'm, I apologize for how long this is gonna take, um, but we will get through this together. So in July, my husband exploded, literally verbally, um, and just said, F you, I'm done. I want a divorce. Um, I've put up with too much. This is it, this is, it. we're over. Two weeks later, uh, he took his wedding ring off and moved to the guest room. But two weeks later, he came back and said, God reminded me, you're my chosen love. I want this. And, um, you know, I asked him, please go to counseling. Uh, I have a long list of flaws, but I cannot carry another human. I have to carry myself. And so if you will, please get professional help to work through childhood things and everything we've been told to push and stuff and keep hidden. I want all of that out. Like, let's just get it all out because... God is big enough to handle everything. And so he said yes, but then never went. And so October 7th, I took the kids into bed, came out and he said, that's it, I'm moving forward with divorce. So he's filed for divorce, took his wedding ring off again, moved to the guest room. And I am just asking God, you know, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm not gonna go uncontested. So I got my own lawyer. So we are in the middle of the divorce proceedings, but we're all in the same house. And so I'm just continuing to, pray. If he were to say he wants to stop all proceedings and get professional help, then I would be a hundred percent in for that. But 
you know, people intend well and they say, hang in there and hold on. And I say, I let go a long time ago because I am held by the divine. I don't need to hold on. I don't need to hang into whatever we're supposed to be hanging into out there. I am held and I feel held by Yeshu. Mm -hmm. And I feel held by the divine because he promised never to leave, never to abandon me. I can be divorced by a human, but I will never be discarded by the divine. And that is true for every human. God can come as father, as mother, as friend, as sibling, whatever we need in the moment because he's limitless. BC Nation, what are you feeling right now as you're hearing Lolly open her, her heart to you, to me? She's sharing transparent pain, suffering. She's in it. She's in a storm right now. You know what it feels like to be in a storm. Maybe you're in your own storm right now. Do you see her courage to come on an international radio show worldwide and air, well, I'll excuse the term, air her mess. We all have messes in our lives, in our relationships, broken relationships in our families. This is why I do the coaching I do. And it takes courage. It takes something to not try to look good and just to show up without a mask that society tells you to keep on at all costs. So you don't get canceled in the cancel culture, but keep that mask on. It takes courage to take it off and just say, this is me. I'm hurting. I'm human. I'm helpless. That's why I'm relying on my God. It's his strength. That's getting me through right now. So Lolly, how are you keeping it all together? Like, like break this down for us. Okay. Cause there's someone listening right now that's like, I wish I had Lolly's strength right now in my situation. I wish I had Lolly's certainty in God's love and protection in my circumstances right now. How are you able to just show up with that grace and, and thankfulness? God says, you know, be thankful to him in all circumstances, the good and the bad. How are you doing it? And how does my listener do it? For me, I had to embrace both and. I think our world, even the religious circles are pushing either or, but I don't see that with God. Pain and peace coexist. Fear and faith coexist. Grief and gratitude coexist. Hell and hope coexist. I'm living in hell right now, but I have hope because of what's within me. And I created a space in my closet where I have a picture of the beach. I run in there and focus on the picture of the beach and take three deep breaths. And I inhale everything good. And when I exhale, I say, God, I'm giving you what I can't carry. And I trust you to take it. Like this shit is too much for me. And I'm giving this to you. And I have encouraged my children um, just to do whatever helps them. You know, just taking deep breaths help you. Angry drawing, um, journaling punching your pillow, screaming into your pillow, running outside, uh, going for a walk. I believe in very tangible expressions of the divine. And so however it will help you to release anxiety and fear that continues to come, take those small steps. The smallest step could be getting out of bed. Just if I get out of bed and walk to the sink and wash my face, that's victory for that day. If I get up and open the curtains that I haven't touched in six months, that's victory for the day because I let a little light in. And just two weeks ago, I asked my kids, um, you know, I know you feel the tension in the home and can you imagine a dark tunnel? And they said, yes. And I said, does it feel like there's no light? 
And they said, yes. And I said, but is there a light at the very end of the tunnel? And from that great light, because God is light, do you see a little light at your feet where you are in the middle of the darkness? And they said, very little. And I asked my daughter, well, what kind of light do you see? And she said, the moonlight. And I said, oh my goodness, that's a reflection of the sun. That's so comforting to me. And my son said, I see fire. I said, you know, fire warms us when we're cold. Fire is light for you now in the middle of the tunnel. So if you're sitting, if you're laying down in the tunnel, if you're sobbing uncontrollably, if you're crawling, you still have light with you. God is still with you. And I told my son, and fire also cleanses and purifies, and we will come forth out of this as gold. It will not destroy us. So to everyone out there, it will not destroy you. The fire is bringing forth gold. It's shitty. It's painful. We don't have to like it, but we can remind ourselves, I am gold. I am coming through this. It is all right that I am crumpled up in a mess in the fetal position. It is okay. Get it out. Get whatever emotions are there out because the divine can hold you. He can hold all of that. Mm. And everything I, coexist. Every, I, I get that. It does coexist. I think a mistake we make, BC Nation, Lolly is bringing to our attention here. Many of us vent when we're going through tragedy, we're going through grief, we're going through suffering, we're going through hardship. We... Our humanity wants to vent horizontally. We vent to others. We vent to the world. We look for answers horizontally. God calls us to vent vertically, to look up to him, to dump all our stuff on him. He wants it. He's, he's strong enough to take it. We're not. The world cannot bear the load that you're carrying. And the world will not give you answers or solutions. The world will give you more problems and more vices maybe to escape your reality temporarily, but after you come down off the high, it's still right there and it may be worse. So Lolly's saying, vent vertically, dump it all to God. And she's teaching her kids to do the same, which I think is just a beautiful way of doing it. I wish my parents had done that when they went through their divorce and myself and my siblings, um, we didn't know where to bring our trauma, our pain. And for me personally, I went within and I unconsciously shut my heart down and closed my heart off and made an unconscious promise never to love again, never to let anyone into my heart because I never wanted to feel that pain again, that rejection, that betrayal. See, that's what happens when we're not taught to vent vertically. And by the way, I had the next 30 years of my life, a lot of broken relationships and hurt because of that, that one choice. Mm. So I really just acknowledge you, Lolly. Um, for creating that space for your children to not go where I went with their little precious hearts, but teach them to bring it, dump it on God. I like the pillow, punch the pillow and all that. I like even more, yell up to God, tell him what hurts. He can take it, give it all to him, release that way, release up, always release up. Lolly, where's your heart for your husband right now in all of this as you're going through this proceeding of a divorce? Because we know God can can really turn things upside down and topsy-turvy if he wants or the timing is is right, right? So just because it looks like it's headed in this direction of divorce and ultimatum and finality, we don't know if it is. Where's your heart right now for your husband? Is he your enemy or is he someone else to you? Um, so I went to Hallmark. It's a tradition of mine to buy a Christmas ornament for each kid and my husband every year. Well, when I went with my kids this year, of course, I burst into tears because I was thinking, oh, I'm not buying one for him. This was last month. 
but immediately saw an ornament. Um, our family loves the beach and this one is called Always With You. It's a seashell, a white seashell and in gold it says on the side, every soul knows its way home. And I was a bawling mess. I didn't buy it, I left. And a week later I returned and bought the ornament. <clears throat> I had a vision of a three-year-old boy wearing a cape walking into utter darkness and that's my husband. And so that week that's why I returned um, and bought the ornament because I've been praying God rescue that little boy who put on a cape to save the world, but not himself. He put on a cape to deflect with humor at all costs, to be fun so that nobody would be burdened by him and his pain. Please rescue him. Um, and I know we have free will and I hope he chooses to be rescued. Um, but my prayer is, God, you get the real enemy of our souls. My no human is ever our enemy. There is a very real enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but it is never a human. And so I believe in redemption of any and all souls, and I will hold out hope for my husband. Um, the day-to-day -day is so difficult because he's just fun and games. Everything's funny. Everything's a joke. And so I bite my tongue a lot, and then sometimes I just explode. <laughs> I'm like, this shit is not funny. <laughs> and so um, just asking, I have continued to ask the divine for wisdom. We have a lot of understanding and knowledge in our day, but I'm asking for wisdom so that I know how to behave in every situation. And I am holding on to the hope of a miracle this year. And I told my kids, I will give him this ornament with a note in divorce, or I will be giving the, him this ornament in person with a miracle. BC Nation, what's showing up for you right now? Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe you're the product of a divorce. You were raised in it like I was. Your parents got divorced. Maybe you are the parent who's in a divorce right now, going through the proceedings, headed towards it. Deep down in your heart, you are still in love with the little boy or the little girl that you fell in love with a long time ago when you got married. They're just really hard to see. It's hard to see them in that external shell that they're putting on their mask to protect themselves. From all the hurt they're feeling from their childhood, their wounds, those spiritual and emotional bullets they took that have never been healed. They've never brought to God. So what do you do with that? Like Lolly's making a decision here to follow what Jesus teaches, to forgive. To forgive her husband and to hold out in hope that she's going to get him back. But also to be prudent and wise, not to be a doormat but to really hold that space of inviting him home. Would you be willing to do that for that person in your life? Are you willing? That's exactly what Jesus did for you. You prodigal son, you prodigal daughter. He forgave, he redeemed, he welcomed you back into the father's house. Would you not be willing to do the same for that person that you look at and see the enemy. He says, love your enemy. That's what love looks like. It looks like forgiveness. It looks like putting your pride to death. Ouch. It's hanging your ego on the cross next to Jesus, dying to self. It's not a physical death. It's a death to self, to pride. That's what he wants. And then as C.S. Lewis says, then there's space in your heart after the ego dies and there's a vacancy in your heart. 
that's big enough for Jesus to enter in. And now you show up in your life, as C.S. Lewis says, as a little Jesus, hands and feet in the world. Lolly, thank you so much for sharing your story, um, sharing your struggle, sharing your humanity, and giving my listener and myself permission to do the same and to do it without a mask on. Thank you so much for having me. I do want to say for anyone dealing with mental, emotional, verbal, spiritual, or physical abuse, you do not need to stay in that. Use your voice, stand in your power from a safe distance and um, do what you're led to do in your heart. Because when I would hear these words that I've even said today, I would internalize so much and still stay in abuse. And I do not want that for any male or female. You are free with the divine. So stand in your power. Mm. So good. And BC Nation, I'm going to say this to you. If your spouse, husband or wife refuses to listen to you because they're in their own pain, their own suffering, and they just won't get help, they won't address it, and you just can't get through to them anymore. Now, of course, you have a part in it. You're not perfect in that relationship. That's why it's broken. You both have a part. But if they're not willing to own their part, you're willing to own your part. Stop nagging them. Yes. Stop trying to force love on them. Stop trying to force them to love you the way you need to be loved. It will never work. So what's the alternative? Here's what you do. It's a little secret of mine. I teach in my coaching. When you can no longer get through to your spouse, recognize that they are still, regardless of their poor behavior, they are still a son or daughter of the great king your heavenly father. Therefore, go to your daddy in the sky, go to your heavenly father and say, father, my husband's acting like an a-hole. Your son is misbehaving. Or father, my wife, your daughter will not listen to me anymore. I surrender her to you. Smack her upside the head with a two by four if needed. She's now your problem, not mine. I surrender the whole situation. I surrender the whole divorce proceedings. I surrender the whole addiction. I surrender it all to you. I'm not going to control it anymore or even try. I'm not going to nag them anymore. Not anymore. Father, they're your child. Your turn. In the name of Jesus, I surrender it all. And then do not go back and nag them. Just wait on the Lord. He's waiting for you to surrender your spouse to him. I promise you. I see miracles constantly with my clients when they do this, when they finally release control of their spouse and give it to the only one who's in control, our heavenly father, he then will come in and hit him in the heart exactly where it was needed that you could not get through. And boom, tweak, they do this shift, this pivot, all of a sudden they come back to you. They, like they, they, they just stop the addiction. I've seen so many countless miracles. It's undeniable. So if you want a miracle in your relationship, in your marriage, that is the secret. That is how you do it. What shows up for you in that, Lolly, in your own personal situation? Does that uh, speak to you? Does it not? Four-letter words, wait, hope, and love. <laughs> um, so, so just two nights ago, God told me to wait and not make a move. And I have committed to three days, which would end up being this Friday. Um, to just wait, talk to God and not make a move. And so when you were sharing just then what I thought is 
how kind of the divine to confirm yet again through you that I need that four letter word, wait. And so I am waiting on whatever the divine wants. I will only move from a place of peace. And I started that in my twenties. I, I know when I've made decisions that I just wanted to move ahead and whatever, I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. And then, oh, uh, that didn't go the way I thought it would. And so now I just make decisions from a place of peace. So thank you for confirming yet again, the fourth person to confirm, wait. Wait awesome. day on the divine. So before you do the four letter word, BC Nation, you must do the nine letter word, which is surrender. Yes. Surrender to God, the situation, the problem, the thing that's too big in front of you. Surrender it to him. Stop trying to control it. And then just wait and expect that he's a good father. He loves you and he's going to handle it. But until you surrender it, your free will is blocking him. He's not going to take it. He's the ultimate gentleman, Lolly says. And that's what a gentleman does. Okay. So Lolly, um, you can find her at lollygene.com. Lollygene.com. Isn't she awesome? I like her heart. Thank you. For reals. Welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. Before we go there though, BC Nation, I'm going to invite you. If you need help or accountability or clarity in the dark tunnel that you're going through right now, jump on a call with me, a warm-up call. It's free. I'm not going to try to sell you. We're just going to chat about your tunnel. And hopefully I can bring some light in there because I remember not too long ago when I was in a tunnel and unlike Alali's children, I saw no light. I knew there was a light at the end. I just couldn't see any light at all. And I know what that feels like, that complete place of desperation and hopelessness. If you're in that, I can help you through it. Go to josephwarren.net and go ahead and book a, um, a free warm-up call on my calendar and we'll chat. All right. So welcome to the confession round. Lolly, I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? Yes. What's your favorite thing about God? That he is love. Endless, is unconditional love. Endless, unconditional love. What is your least favorite thing about God? Oh, the silence. Why aren't you? Why do I feel like you're not saying anything right now? <laughs> um, what are you most afraid of? Snakes. I love that. After all this heavy, emotional, deep conversation, then she's like, yeah, I'm afraid of snakes. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So we're all struggling with something. Obviously you're going through, you know, divorce proceedings right now. Is there anything else you're struggling with either professionally or personally? Oh my God. My biggest vice is sugar. Ugh. Ugh, eat sugar. cake for breakfast. Yeah. Eat cake for breakfast. <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm like, please deliver me Jesus. Oh my gosh. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Uh, I'm overly analytical, so probably I'm getting better at that, but I would say I probably still did a lot of that. Kind of overthinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything. Every, every single little thing. Yeah. Every single little thing really doesn't help. Does it? No. Nope. What secret fear do you have about people? Hmm. Um, I'm not sure that I have a fear about people. I think like, being like how you occur to them, how they occur to you. Oh yeah. I I'm awkward. So I, I say the things most people don't say. I'm like, why do comedians only get to say that? So then some people are like, okay, I think she's in the special needs category. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Oh, that he's not waiting to hammer me over the head or beat me up or he's so, so much light and love. Just, I can just be. Yeah. I was afraid for too long. 
BC Nation, remember Jesus says, come and rest in him. Rest. Like get on your daddy's lap and just rest. Take a break from the world. He's not going to beat you. He's going to love you. What's a new habit you want to form? Uh, working out consistently. <laughs> and what's a bad habit you want to break other than the sugar? Other than the sugar? Oh, my tone. You know, at the beginning of this year, my one of my goals was speak as kindly to your kids as you do to your kitten and cat. Well, that's an interesting... <laughs> Yeah, got it. Why'd you put that glass there? I'm like, why'd you say it like that, Lo? Like, you're not even mad. Why are you sounding like that? Interesting. What is a new habit you want to create? Didn't I say that? Working. Yeah, yeah, we did. Thank you for holding me accountable. <laughs> Look, I'm human, people. Deal with it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. I am loyal. I am funny, and I am dependable. Nice. Pick three words to describe who you were before. Uh, you experienced God in your heart in that very, very real way. Uh, scaredy cat, very nervous, very skittish, um, and fearful of relationships in general because I was afraid of God, so I was afraid of people. <laughs> Makes sense. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your husband, your children in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about everything, what would you say to them? Be free. Just be you, be free. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about going deeper in relationship with God and deeper in the relationship with others versus not? There are no rules. The beauty of love is choice. And if you are in your heart, the work of the divine has always been in the heart. We have made it about the brain. We prize the brain, but the beauty of love is choice. So choose well. We choose life or death. We choose good or evil. We choose everything. The beauty of love is choice. The beauty of love is choice, BC Nation. What's the best way for my listener to get in touch with you, Lolly? So Lolly is L-A-L-I, Jean, J-E-A-N.com. And there's a contact section. Um, also, you can follow me on Instagram at Lolly Jeans with an S, like the jeans we wear because Lolly Jean wasn't available. <laughs> so We all knew that. <laughs> Lolly jeans and lollyjean.com. I would love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on Broken Catholic. Uh, BC Nation, thank you for being a listener of Broken Catholic. Uh, you may not know this, but we are the number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. That's because of your listenership. So thank you for taking the time every single week um, to choose this podcast over another and to let my guest and God pour light and love and peace into you. And sometimes if you just walk away from listening to their story with a renewed sense of hope, man, it keeps you going another week, doesn't it? And that's everything. So thank you for being on this show, Lolly. I wish you God's peace, love, and joy in your life, girl. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.